Hey, what's up, you guys? This is Bert. I'm the lead pastor at True North Community Church. Thanks for tuning into our podcast. I'm going to have a little something to say to you at the end, but for now, let's dive in. All right, so <laughs> this is week two in a message series called Identity Crisis. The first part of this series was two weeks ago. We took a break last week to hear from our friend Rob Morris, but we're returning to this series uh, again today. And we talked, if you were here two weeks ago, we talked in week one uh, a little bit about identity theft and what happens when our identity is stolen, when we forget who we are. And what we kind of arrived at two weeks ago was it's our hope for each of us, for me and for all of you, for everybody here, that we take our identity from the fact that we are God's beloved children, that you are somebody dearly and deeply loved by God. We want that to be the thing that defines us. That's who we are. And what we do, our purpose, is to glorify God with our life. That's, that's what we're about. And from time to time, we forget that. We get lost and we get sidetracked. And we have ourselves a little identity crisis. And today, we're going to be talking about one of the biggest causes of identity crisis in people's lives. We're going to be talking about our self-esteem and the way we see ourselves in the mirror. Can you think of a moment when you looked in the mirror and didn't like what you saw, physically speaking? For some of you, you're like, yeah, 10 minutes ago, I was in the bathroom, looked, didn't like what, you know. I, I get, we're all, we've all been there. We all get self-conscious about our appearance. It's why we comb our hair in the morning. It's why we, we uh, try to, you know, put something on that looks okay. Uh, it's because we, we go out into the world and people form their opinions of us based on appearance, right? We're, we're, and from time to time, it's normal to be self-conscious about that. Just ask the guy who spends 30 minutes a week in a room with hundreds of people who are staring at him for 30 minutes at a club. Like, it's, it's, a, it's a normal thing to be conscious, uh, self-conscious about your appearance. Can you remember a time when you were profoundly uncomfortable with your own body? Maybe um, at the gym. You walk in the gym and it's just everyone else in the gym is ripped is it just me or should there be more fat people in the gym? Everybody in the gym is just incredible. It's shape. Everyone's in amazing shape. I'm always like, some of you need to go eat a sandwich now. Like, or maybe you're at the, the fitting for the wedding and everyone's getting their dresses fit and everyone else looks really, really great in their dress and you're just a little uncomfortable with yourself. Or maybe it's at the pool party. It's pool party season, beach season, and everyone's going on, you're on vacation or whatever, and everyone's getting into their bathing suit and jumping into the pool, and you're just like not there, not ready for that. We get uncomfortable with our appearance, and we start defining ourselves through the lenses of how we appear in the eyes of others. We start defining ourselves according to appearance. And we live, I mean, we live in a world and in a moment where physical appearance is front and center. People are obsessed. I recall, it's funny, I, it's, it's, this is not a new thing. It's been this way for a long time, but I remember this, this, this reality show on MTV where they followed around a bunch of people who were having cosmetic surgery. A bunch of different people were, were having, you know, unusual, not just like, okay, I'm going to have a little liposuction or get a little a facelift. They were having 
unusual cosmetic surgery. I don't even remember the name of the show, but I recall very vividly there was this one guy on the show, and he was a young dude. He was in his, you know, probably early 20s, mid-20s. He looked like he could have been a cast member on the Jersey Shore. He was, re he was in great shape, very athletic, handsome guy. And he, it's like, what are, you, what are you worried about with your, with your body? He, but he was obsessed with one particular body part that he was unhappy with. He was just constantly thinking about his calves, of all things. I don't know why. He was, he was worried about his calves, and he was having calf implants. I never even heard of that. This poor guy, I mean, he had this procedure. He couldn't walk for weeks. All of his friends were like, dude, you look fine. Don't do this. Why are you putting yourself through this? He just had it stuck in his head that this was an imperfection that he had to address. And we've all kind of at times thought about or pondered or kind of gotten wound up in how we look or a certain aspect of how we look. Um, Barbara Graham wrote a book. Sorry, not Barbara. Michelle Graham wrote a book called Wanting to Be Her, Body Image Secrets That Victoria Won't Tell You. How's that for a title? Wanting to Be Her, Body Image Secrets That Victoria Won't Tell You. And in this book, she writes about how uh, in the 1950s, a new cultural icon was, uh, was brought front and center in the American psyche. And from then on, from the 1950s on, right up to today, it's still a one point, Barbie is still a $1.5 billion a year industry. Now, I'm not mad at Barbie. I don't think you need to go home and burn your Barbie dolls or anything like that. Don't get nervous about that. You want to play, you know, that's rock on. Little girls play with Barbie dolls. That's totally fine. It's just that as little girls get older, there's a body image that becomes normative. And if Barbie's body, like, proportions were, were, were existed in real life, like if a person, if a woman had legs as long as Barbie, she'd have to walk on all fours. Like it wouldn't work. It doesn't, that, 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 those proportions don't, they, they don't work on a normal human. But that's become like front and center. That's something we kind of idolize. And in her book, Graham continues, as I grew into adulthood, I left my Barbie behind. Unfortunately, I struggle with the belief that unless I'm physically perfect, I somehow am not as valuable as everyone else. Barbie moved out, and Victoria's Secret moved in. There's nothing quite like a glance at a Victoria's Secret catalog to invoke a flood of insecurities and feelings of disappointment. Any of you ladies been there? A recent survey showed Come, come with me on this. A recent survey showed that 70% of women registered feelings of guilt, shame, and depression after just three minutes of thumbing through a fashion magazine. 70% of women showed signs of guilt, shame, and depression after just three minutes of thumbing through a fashion magazine. It's incredible. Now, I used to wonder as a kid, like, you know, this is... Um, stereotypically, not always and, and not, you know, not uh, decisively, but stereotypically, this is, this is something women tend to struggle with more than guys. And I used to wonder all the time when I was a kid, you know, why, why, would, why would people put themselves up against this, you know, this impossible, why would people compare themselves to this impossible reality? We all know those women are airbrushed. We all know that's not, that's not real. We all, I mean, I don't know if you know this, something like 20% of, of um, 
Miss America winners in the last two decades have a body mass index that borders on malnutrition. Like, this is not healthy. This isn't good. And the images you see, the, the, the people, the supermodels you see, it's, that's their job. They have teams of people. That, that Their whole job, their whole day is to work out and eat certain things that were prepared for them by chefs because that's their, they don't have a normal life to cope with. So you and I comparing ourselves to that, it, just, it doesn't work. And I used to wonder why women would compare themselves to Victoria's Secret models. And I had an experience that reframed it for me. I, I still remember the first time I walked, I walked into a store which, whose name made me curious because my grandfather used to talk about this store. This particular store used to be an outdoor outfitter way back in the day, an English outdoor outfitter, and the name was purchased by a clothing company. The clothing company is called Abercrombie & Fitch. And, and if you've never been to Abercrombie & Fitch, I'm sure, I'm sure most of you have, they sell skinny jeans to skinny children. That's their whole deal, okay? So, but I remember walking into Abercrombie & Fitch and I saw a poster, I mean a big, big poster of a guy. And, and it was a black and white image and the guy was so good looking. He was shredded. I mean, dude was ripped. He had like 0% body fat. And it was a black and white photo and he was kind of looking like this and he had like sand on him and he was all like, and he was just shredded it. And I, I still remember, I mean, vividly, I remember standing in the store going, oh, that, I think that's what women feel like when they look at a Victoria's Secret model. I'm looking at this image and going, I am never going to look like that. <laughs> and I recall, like, dude, seriously? Seriously? This is what you guys do? You hear me talk about this in between services? You they photoshopped my head on the guy. That's not the right, that's, that wasn't the image. Okay, take that off. Okay, like, this is what our staff does between services, apparently. That was, shut up. That wasn't, that wasn't the image, but that's exactly what I'm talking about, right? Like, that dude just, you know, like, I'm never going to look like that, but I, re I remember, shut up. I remember... I remember looking at this image and going, I'm just never, ever, ever going to look like that. And, 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 and I recall like just how, how it felt to compare myself to just an, an ideal that wasn't real. And team, here's the deal. Have you heard this before? Man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. It's our heart that matters. It's what we're doing on the inside. And so what, what we do and what we tend to do is we kind of live our lives defining ourselves by what we see in the mirror. The mirror is just a piece of glass. The image in the mirror isn't you. The real you is, is buried deep within. The real you was created in God's image. The real you is beloved of your Father. And there are way too many people allowing themselves to be defined by the image they see in the mirror. Now, what I'm going to do next is um, unusual. I'm going to invite the band out, or a few of the band members out, for a song. Now, this is not the end of the message. We're not transitioning back into worship. I'm embedding a song within this message because the song actually preaches what I'm trying to preach better than I could say it. Um, so I've asked Luke, and I, some of you may know Michelle, one of our singers, Michelle has been with me uh, in ministry, maybe the longest person in this church. She was one of my youth group kids in the ministry that eventually became True North. Now she's one of our worship leaders. I asked these guys to learn it, and they, they did. Um, 
It's a song by a band called Cademan's Call, and the song is called Piece of Glass. And if you pay attention to the lyrics, I think you're going to get exactly what we're trying to drive at this morning. It's what you call a holy moment. Because some of you have been defined by that piece of glass for way, way, way too long. Now, I don't know if people still thumb through magazines. I'm told magazine readership is in decline. I'm sure it is. When I go to the bookstore, there's still lots of magazines being published. Maybe some of you are still reading magazines. But if we're not thumbing through magazines, we are thumbing through the feed on Instagram. We're thumbing through the feed on Facebook. We're thumbing through the images that we see there. And now we're, we're being defined by a very different piece of glass, aren't we? Smaller. Works very much like a mirror. You can't let that piece of glass define you. It doesn't define you. That's not who you are. You're in the middle of an identity crisis because you're all jacked up because you've been comparing yourself to this unreal thing. That's not who you are. Are. So we're being called into something different. We're being called. Are we in a cathedral? What the heck just happened? Does anyone know what that was? No, whatever. I don't know. Okay. God, angels. I don't know. So. All right, where was I? Here, Romans 12, Romans 12, verses 1 and 2. Romans 12, verses 1 and 2. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Wow, like that's a big concept. What would that look like? How would that work? It might begin like this. And I know, some of you are going to be tempted to wave me off in the next 30 seconds because you're going to think, oh, it sounds like preacher talk, but guys, please, listen in for a minute. If we could find a way to take a few of the minutes we spend thumbing through the magazine or thumbing through the Instagram feed, and we could find a way to thumb instead through Matthew and Mark and Luke and John, we would find a way to stop saying... Oh, look, there's a Victoria's Secret model. I want to be like her. Or, wow, there's an Abercrombie and Fitch model. I want to be like him. And maybe we could start finding a way to say, wow, here's this, this, this image of and writing of and teachings of Jesus Christ. And I want to be like him. I want my life to reflect him. That's who I want to be like God, renew my mind and transform me from my obsession with 
a graven image that isn't even real and teach me to chase your image in me. Man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. There's another way to say that. Any, I'm going to date myself for a minute. Anybody remember the show Sanford and Son? Okay, Sanford and Son. Fred Sanford once said, and I think he was actually talking to his wife. He said, beauty is only skin deep. But ugly goes straight to the bone. And he was right. Have you ever met somebody who was really, really good looking on the outside, had it all together on the outside, and inside was all jacked up? That's a thing, because we focus on the outside and we neglect the inner person. We forget who we are, and we forget whose we are, and in the middle of that identity crisis, we get all turned around and focus our lives on the wrong thing. There's a guy in the scriptures who's described like that. His name is Absalom. If you were here earlier this year, we did a short series on the life of King David, and we talked one week about his relationship with his son Absalom. Nowhere else in the Bible is someone's physical appearance so highly spoken of. Absalom had long flowing hair and he was tall and he was handsome and from the top of his head to the soles of his feet he was without blemish. Absalom was hot. He could have been the Abercrombie and Fitch guy. Absalom was a good looking man. But inside, dark, dark things deceit and selfish ambition and violence. He was a violent man who died a violent death. The outside looked great, but inside, death. You need not be defined by an image you found on the internet or by a number on a scale or, or by the opinions of others or by a piece of glass. You are defined by the one who made you and he loves you dearly. And your calling on this planet is to honor him with your life. And if you get turned around on this and you make it your ambition to chase some unreal image of who you could be or should be, you're going to spend the rest of your life wrestling with an identity crisis. But if you can begin knowing that you are beloved of your Father, that God loves you dearly, and that your life is, it was put in place to honor Him, and I know, I know, it's Father's Day, and I just touched upon something. It could be a whole other sermon. We're not going to segue into a whole other thing. I just, I can't land this thing without acknowledging. Like if you're here and Father's Day hurts for you, we see you and we get it. And maybe you don't even want to talk about it. If that's you, please, 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 if you don't hear another thing I say this morning, your heavenly Father loves you dearly. Loves you like crazy. You were made in his image, you bear his image, and when he sees you, he sees perfection. So walk in that and chase his image and fashion your life after his, and you'll spend the rest of your days knowing exactly who you are, and you won't need to be defined 
by a piece of glass. And with that, let's pray. Father, we love you. And we thank you for the opportunity to learn and to wrestle because we struggle with this. We hear it now and it sounds good, but we're going to go out and struggle with this again because it's become habitual and we're going to wrestle again. And so, Father, we're just praying for each of us. Cast our eyes where they belong. Keep our eyes pinned on you. Make us men and women who are fashioning our lives after yours, Father. That we may not spend the rest of our days wrestling with an identity crisis, unable to figure out who we are because we're chasing some impossible thing, torturing ourselves and tormenting ourselves the whole way through. Cause us to be people who chase after you. May it be so in each of our lives. We pray together in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, thanks once again for taking the time to listen. It's an honor to have you with us. If you'd like to support our church financially and help us continue to put this content out there for free, that would be a really big deal to us. We're completely supported by the contributions of the people that come to our church. And if you'd like to help, you can do that online at truenorthchurch.net slash give, or you can do it with a text message. Just text the word True North to 77977 on your cell phone, and you'll get a prompt leading you through how to do that. Thanks again for dialing in. See you soon. Bye-bye.